Pro. Regional anesthesia outside the operating room. Regional anesthesia and pain medicine specialists should help train non-anesthesia specialists to perform peripheral nerve blocks. By Peter Rose, MD, MSC, FRCPC, Clinical Fellow, Department of Anesthesiology and Pain Medicine, University of Ottawa, and Ottawa Hospital Research Institute. Clinical Instructor, Department of Anesthesiology, Pharmacology, and Therapeutics, University of British Columbia. And Michael Wu, MD, Associate Professor, Department of Emergency Medicine, University of Ottawa and Ottawa Hospital Research Institute. Improved patient outcome benefits related to the provision of regional anesthesia in the perioperative setting have been well documented, including superior analgesia and reduced systemic analgesic use, hospital length of stay, and cardiopulmonary complications. As a result, regional anesthesia techniques are becoming more common and novel blocks and approaches are being regularly described. Mounting literature suggests the benefits of such techniques can improve patient care in a variety of scenarios outside of the operating room, most notably in acute care settings such as emergency medicine and critical care. To improve patient access to the techniques, while optimizing efficacy and safety, regional anesthesia specialists should help train non-anesthesia patients to perform peripheral nerve blocks. Trauma patients in the emergency department, especially those with hip fractures, represent the most studied population receiving peripheral nerve blocks outside of the operating room. Many are older than 65 years with multiple comorbidities and likely recognize the greatest benefit from early institution of a peripheral nerve block. They are frequently undertreated for pain because of concerns about hemodynamic instability, respiratory depression, and delirium. Yet poorly managed pain can lead to similar consequences. The fascia iliaca compartment block, femoral nerve block, and 3-in-1 femoral nerve block have all been studied for hip fracture pain in the emergency department. Results from a systematic review by Ritzy and colleagues showed that patients with hip fractures who were treated in the emergency department with a peripheral nerve block reported equal or superior benefit in pain relief when compared to those receiving standard systemic analgesics. In addition, patients receiving a block required significantly fewer systemic opioids without experiencing an increase in complications related to the peripheral nerve block. Another systematic review by Abu Seta and others showed that hip fracture patients receiving nerve blockade pre- or intraoperatively had a significantly reduced risk of developing delirium. Peripheral nerve blocks for trauma beyond the operative setting are already included in national and local management guidelines in North America and Europe. The American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons strongly supports the use of regional anesthesia to improve preoperative pain control in hip fracture management. National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, or NICE, guidelines in the United Kingdom and provincial guidelines in Canada for hip fracture management both include peripheral nerve blockade 
in multimodal analgesia strategies, with approximately 500,000 hip fractures occurring annually in the United States alone that may benefit from the early provision of a nerve block, practitioners involved with patients' initial management should be trained in safe and effective administration of those blocks. Unfortunately, many emergency medicine departments lack experience and credentialing pathways for regional anesthesia. Anesthesiologists trained in regional anesthesia may not be available at all hours to provide such procedures upon patient presentation. This provides an extraordinary opportunity for regional anesthesia specialists to share their knowledge and expertise with other specialists to improve access and provide ongoing quality patient care. The key to success is to have clear training and credentialing pathways, perhaps for selective nerve blocks, before non-anesthesiologists start performing regional anesthesia on patients. Proper training takes time and effort from both teachers and learners because it involves not only performing the nerve block itself, but rather the whole package of dose selection, complications and their management, and patient selection. Who better than anesthesiologists who specialize in regional anesthesia to teach something about which they are passionate and proficient? The program should also be evaluated to ensure effectiveness of the training, as well as quality and safety of care delivered. Because of the obvious benefit to patients' care and the already increasing use of peripheral nerve blocks outside of the operating room, anesthesiologists must help train other specialists rather than non-anesthesiologists finding their own way to acquire the skills. Only through advocacy for patient quality and collaboration can anesthesiologists continue to be recognized as experts beyond the operating room. Knowledge alone is not power. The sharing of our knowledge is when knowledge becomes powerful. Rich Simmons Con. Regional anesthesia outside the operating room. Regional anesthesia and pain medicine specialists should not help train non-anesthesia specialists to perform peripheral nerve blocks. By Riva Ramlogan, MD, FRCPC, Vice Chair Education in Regional Anesthesia, SIG, Assistant Professor, The Ottawa Hospital, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada and Rafael Nascimento, MD, America's Medical City, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. The provision of regional anesthesia by non-anesthesiologists has been the subject of growing discussion. Emergency medicine and intensive care unit physicians are well positioned to learn ultrasound-guided procedural skills because of their regular use of ultrasound for focused assessment of trauma, vascular access, and cardiac evaluation. However, we are still determining the best way to teach and assess competence in regional anesthesia. Therefore, it would not be reasonable to expect another specialty to be experts in these areas and be prepared to evaluate and ensure competency. Accordingly, for the benefit of our patients, 
We have a duty to share our knowledge of technical skills, but we must also expound the need for education regarding local anesthetic pharmacology, complications, and post-operative monitoring. We now recognize that performing a minimum number of blocks does not make one competent. The Halstedian apprenticeship model of see one, do one, teach one is no longer reasonable. As Dr. Joseph Neal has pointed out, technical attainment does not imply comprehension regarding possible complications and their prevention or clinical acumen regarding which patients should not have a block. Technical performance is only one measure of competence. A survey of 171 U.S. academic emergency medicine programs examining how ultrasound-guided nerve blocks were taught revealed that of the 121 participating institutions, 84% perform ultrasound-guided regional anesthesia, or UGRA, but only 7% have a credentialing pathway. No programs have a quality assurance initiative, but 16% periodically assess physicians for competency in UGRA. It is unknown whether a valid and reliable regional anesthesia assessment tool is used by these institutions to gauge competency. Regional anesthesia involves more than guiding a needle to a target. Non-technical skills such as communication, situational awareness, teamwork, planning, resource management, and decision-making have a considerable role in performance and, therefore, patient safety. The level of mastery of a skill is measured on a spectrum ranging from competent to expert, which is the mastery with extensive knowledge of the whole skill domain, including non-technical skills. Becoming an expert does not happen overnight. It comes with years of training, practice, and study of the literature for current evidence. The drive to become an expert is to provide the best quality care to our patients. Collaboration between anesthesiologists and emergency medicine physicians has been shown to be successful in teaching femoral nerve blocks for patients presenting with hip fractures. In that study, every aspect of performance of the nerve block was designed in conjunction with an anesthesiologist with expertise in regional anesthesia. In other centers, non-anesthesiologists may not be cognizant of the importance of sterility, monitoring, sedation, local anesthetic dose and factors that affect it, procedure documentation, symptoms of toxicity, or the treatment of local anesthetic systemic toxicity, or LAST. For example, the importance of post-block monitoring was reaffirmed following an emergency department fatality following a fascia iliaca block. Review of the case revealed insufficient documentation of the procedure, as well as poor or lacking post-procedure observations. Specifically, the researchers concluded that opioids administered prior to the fascia iliaca block contributed to post-procedure apnea and, secondarily, cardiac arrest. The monitoring standards we observe and practice while performing regional anesthesia may not be as recognized or appreciated by non-anesthesiologists with limited training in regional anesthesia. Anesthesiologists are also better prepared and skilled 
to manage immediate complications following regional anesthesia, such as last or over-sedation. Anesthesiologists are pioneers in patient safety and must continue to advocate for the safe practice of regional anesthesia by non-anesthesiologists. Anesthesiology residents are required to perform a minimal number of blocks during training, but many anesthesiologists do not continue to practice regional anesthesia after residency because of inadequate experience. Barrington and others found that 10 hands-on training sessions with accompanying didactic preparation and deliberate feedback from experts were required to achieve proficiency in simply obtaining sonograms and identifying anatomical structures. Perhaps that training enables the anesthesiologist to be more aware of the other components essential to performing a nerve block. Yet non-anesthesiologists with no formal training are taking up ultrasound. We would caution any healthcare provider, including anesthesiologists, before performing an unsupervised nerve block after only a single teaching session. Finally, little data are available regarding the incidence of complications by non-anesthesiologists. Even experts encounter complications, and thus it is important for each department to institute quality assurance programs to maintain or improve practice. It is routine practice for regional anesthesiologists to follow up their patients and document complications or side effects. Who takes the responsibility for the patient with postoperative neuropathy who received a preoperative block in the emergency department, followed by an intraoperative block by the anesthesiologist, who then had traction and over-rotation of their leg to repair a hip fracture? Anesthesiologists working in institutions where blocks are performed by non-anesthesiologists should actively look for documentation of a block to avoid repeating a block leading to last and consider if repeating a block is worth the risk of neuropathy, even after 24 hours. Collaboration offers vast opportunity for learning, and we should not be resistant to overlapping skill sets. That said, expert training and patient safety should always take precedence over the yearning for medical professionals to venture outside their current scope of practice. Practitioners of regional anesthesia should 1. Develop or follow protocols to prevent complication, for example, ASRA's pre-block checklist. 2. Institute quality assurance programs to review complications and ensure practice improvement. And 3. Develop training programs in conjunction with expert providers of regional anesthesia.